the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, September the 25th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On September 25th, 1957, nine black students who'd been forced to withdraw from Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, they were escorted to class by members of the U.S. Army's 101st Airborne Division. Today in 1513, Spanish explorer Vasco Vasco de Balboa, he crossed the Isthmus of Panama, sighted the Pacific Ocean. Today in 1789, the uh, United States Congress adopted 12 amendments to the Constitution, sent them to the states for ratification. Ten of the amendments became the Bill of Rights. Today in 1956, the first transatlantic telephone cable officially went into service at a three-way ceremonial call between New York, Ottawa, and London. Today in 1992, NASA's Mars Observer blasted off a $980 million mission, blasted off to the Red Planet. However, the probe disappeared just before entering the Martian orbit in August of 1993. Today in 2018, Bill Cosby, the guy that made so many people laugh across America, He was sentenced to three to ten years in prison for drugging and molesting a woman at his suburban Philadelphia home. After serving nearly three years, Cosby went free in June of 2021 after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned his conviction. Remember last week? I hope you do. I hope you remember some of the things we talk about here on this program. But remember last week, I told you about a revival that just broke out at Auburn University. Now, this has been happening around the country. Well, the latest was at Auburn University, not a religious school, but Christians were there. And hundreds of students, after the the Christian organization there at the school kind of promoted a, an evening of just worship. And, and if you're not a Christian, please come and, you know, just set in and, and hear what we have to say and so on. So they didn't know how many people were going to come. And I talked about that on this program just last week. And so more than 5,000 kids showed up, which the, the people that were sponsoring this kind of a night of worship are coming together for Christians and so on. They didn't expect that many people. I mean, they they said later they were ex- hoping for, you know, two or three thousand, but not over five thousand. And they were, of course, delighted as they would be. But anyway, it was a great service. And they, they had a couple of speakers there. There was a pastor. There was a, a woman that spoke. She's an author, I think. And uh, anyway, at the end of the of the get together, that kind of a praise and worship gathering, uh, with some speaking, uh, one of the speakers just felt led to give an invitation to for kids to accept Jesus Christ if they had not accepted him as their personal Savior. So they did, the speaker did, and uh, there was a huge response. And there were hundreds 
of kids that accepted Christ and they made Christ their Lord and Savior. So they wanted to be baptized. And so they, there was a lake, there is a lake on the campus, called, and it's by a place called the Red Barn, because it is a Red Barn. I don't know a lot about the campus at Auburn University. It's a great university. It's well known for their football teams. So anyway, they march over. It was a little bit of a walk, but they marched over. I mean, thousands of these kids marched over to this lake on campus, and they, they circled. They were all the way around the lake. But these kids that wanted to get baptized were taken out into the water, and several uh, people, you know, went out to help uh, baptize these kids. Well, among the people that went out to baptize these kids that had just accepted Jesus Christ as Savior was none other than the football coach of Auburn, Coach Hugh Freeze. Um, that did not go over well with the few atheists that had come to that meeting to sit in and take notes. So the atheists, the atheists have now, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, are now suing Auburn University. Why? They say it's against the law. These are their words. It's against the law for coaches to baptize students. Who would have thought in America that a coach, it would be illegal for a coach to baptize a student at night if, if he had his foot on government property or public property. The atheists, the same group, has also targeted the president of Sneed State Community College in Alabama because the president there says grace, these are their words, he says grace and he sometimes shares a Bible verse beginning of a new semester. Now, that's where we are. They accuse President Joe Whitmore at this uh, Sneed State Community College of, quote, imposing his personal religious beliefs on Sneed State employees and treating Sneed State as a Christian college rather than a secular public college, the regular, the secular public college that it is, end of quote. So the battle continues, but as the the lefties like to say, we're making progress. I think there's a, a movement today. In fact, I've said this before. I, I really believe there's a there's a solid, legitimate move of God among the youth in our in America, particularly those. That I know the polls. I'm going to talk a little bit about a, a new poll today from Gallup, but there the the polls don't accurately show what's really happening because the pollsters generally, the big pollsters, they don't really understand the language or they don't want to understand, perhaps, the language of people of faith. They don't quite get it. If you say you're religious, well, you're a Christian. If you say, well, I'm not religious, you're not. But they don't know that kids in this uh, age category sometimes will say, well, I'm not religious because I, I, I don't like to go to organized church. And I don't agree with that. I mean, we need to be a part of the church and be in, involved. But they say that, and they say it sincerely often. And yet they're reading their Bible. They're 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 trying to learn about the Lord, they've many of them have accepted Christ as their Savior because they've run the gamut of, of this secular progressivism, and it's a disaster. I mean, from, from transgenderism to you name it, 
It's all, it's deadly, it's destructive. And these kids are figuring that out and they're saying, man, this isn't the right path. And they're looking for answers, particularly those from high school through college age, as they begin to learn how miserably the left, relativism and cultural Marxism and all that is failing. So I'm not surprised that there's this reaction from the atheists. I can tell you they will not prevail on two counts. One, I don't think they have that much support in America. I mean, they have support. They have a a large organization headed by a former evangelical. I've talked about him before, but headed by a former evangelical guy who was a youth pastor, music pastor in Los Angeles in the days that I was there in the church. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of what's going on. So when you see the reaction that's a good sign. That's not a bad sign. That's why Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. It wasn't just Peter that spoke to that. James, he spoke to that as well in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And in Romans Paul writes to the Romans in Romans chapter 5, verses 3, 4, and 5. He said, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So you see, we're right on track as far as biblical teaching and trials and pushbacks and angry people trying to, you know, tell people they don't have a right to pray and, and so on in America of all places. So we're I think we're right on track. And I think all of this is an indication of what God is doing. And then on top of all of that, we Gallup released a poll on Friday. And they're, they're saying in the poll, and these are their words, that Republicans are far more religious than Democrats. Well, we kind of knew that, but Gallup, not a religious organization, said it right out loud. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today and some of the implication of that, but I want to talk beyond that to why some of these things are happening, that are happening in our culture. I want to take just a moment to encourage you to stand with us financially. We need your support. I appreciate it deeply. It allows me to do what I feel God has called me to do. This ministry is expanding. We're speaking to thousands of people. And really, it couldn't happen without you standing with us each month. So thank you. And thank you in advance for standing with us today and in the coming weeks in October. We need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Yeah, the Gallup says the left has lost their 
lost their Christian faith if they ever had it. The percentage of Democrats who identify as religious has dropped more than 20 points between 1999 and 2023. That's what Gallup found in their most recent poll. 82% said they are religious, spiritual, or both. 18% say they are neither spiritual nor religious, up from 9%. This is the whole nation. In uh, The percentage saying they are religious is down from 54%. But it is the Democrats, by their own admission, that have lost their faith. I'm quoting Gallup. Republicans are holding fast to their faith, Gallup polling says. Some thoughts on why this is happening. Let's take a look at this. There's kind of a falling falling away. Gallup says nearly half of Americans, 47%, describe themselves as religious. Keep in mind that there's there's some confusion about the words they use, as I said a few moments ago, and the, the words we use to define ourselves and define what's happening within the Christian community. I mean, I we should try to use language that relates to the world, but I've seen some churches go off the rails trying so much to relate to the world that they become indistinguishable from the world. I mean, I've watched this happen and I've thought, God help us, because that's not what we're called to do. Not We're not called to relate, but a little bit of relating is okay, but we're called to preach the gospel, to turn on the light in the darkness, speak truth to chaos. And that's what the church is called to do. And it's becoming a little more resistant, the culture, to that kind of talk in the culture. We feel the resistance. There is resistance to anyone who speaks the truth. And that's why we will keep doing it as long as we can, and as long as you'll stand with us in your support. So, But anyway, Gallup said they found nearly half of Americans, 47%, describe themselves as religious. Another 33% say they're spiritual, but not religious. And 2% vol- volunteer that they are both And although the vast majority of U.S. adults have one of these orientations toward the non-physical world, this is Gallup speaking, the 18% who say they're neither religious nor spiritual is twice the proportion Gallup measured when it first asked the question back in 1999. Over the same period, the percentage identifying as religious has declined by seven percentage points. But religious or spiritual self-identification by political party is very, very revealing. When Gallup first polled on the topic in 1999, 60% of Democrats identified as religious, as did 62% of Republicans. Since then, the percentage of religious Democrats has fallen 23 points to 37%. Democrats who had religion or had some faith back then now do not, many of them. It's pretty astounding. You don't see that kind of movement on polls much. It's amazing. At the same time, Democrats claim to have become more spiritual. Gallup even notes this in their report on what they found. And there has been no meaningful change in Republican self-identification, they said, as religious or spiritual. Independents have only experienced a modest change. 61% of Republicans identify as religious compared to 62% in 1999, but 28% say they are spiritual compared to 25% two decades ago. 
Catherine Hamilton is a pretty significant influencer, as they say on on uh, social media, on Twitter, or X as it's now called. She said the percentage of Democrats who identify as religious has dropped 23 points in, 20, in two decades. She said while religious identification among Republicans and independents has stayed roughly the same. She said at the same time, Democrats have become, in their words, more spiritual. And the neither <laughs> has grown. So they're spiritual, but they're not. Let's take a closer look at that. To discern a person's heart, we can't do that. We don't know. Gallup can't do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. Nor should we judge, but we can evaluate. Only God knows the heart of every individual, but we can certainly look at a person's actions, their fruit, as, as Scripture says. While most groups have declined in their interest in religion, conservatives, Republicans, and married adults have had essentially no change. They've been solid. We have been solid. The Wall Street Journal released a poll last March. They found that 49% of respondents say they, I know God really exists. They said yes to this. I know God really exists and I have no doubts about it. But only 39% say religious is very religion is very important to them. So you find that there's a 10% gap between the people who say they, they know that God really does exist, but... They don't think religion is very important. So there's a disconnect between belief and faith in God and religion, etc. And I understand that. And I don't know how the pollsters can ever overcome that. They probably won't. But patriotism has seen a, a parallel with religion. It's interesting that as a group of people, the Democrats in this case, become less spiritual according to their own responses to this poll their patriotism has dropped in a parallel descending bar on a bar graph. It's interesting because patriotism is often linked by the left in a negative, a pejorative way with Christianity, evangelicalism in particular. The Democrats are always saying that Republicans are, are, uh, are what are nationalists, re- religious nationalists and so on. And um, they try to tie those two together because Christians generally are patriotic because they know that this nation was founded as one nation under God from the beginning. The founders were very, very clear about that. So we ask ourselves, Gallup's bottom line on their poll, they said it was well established that Americans are less religious and and, uh, that in the past still the vast majority of Americans describe themselves as being religious and so on. They, but they, they end with their, their, their bottom line, is what they call it. They end with their bottom line. They said, this suggests that in the future, a diminished but still large majority of U.S. adults will have some religious or spiritual connection in their lives. I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about the real bottom line. Not gallops, but the real bottom line. The pastor at Chino Hills Calvary Chapel in Southern California, Jack Hibbs, is a guy who preaches the gospel profoundly and he addresses the issues of our nation from the pulpit. Yes, political issues, but he does so from a biblical perspective. I don't know how many people attend that church now, but it's upward of 
10 to 20,000. People do not, pastors, people do not leave your church because you talk about quote-unquote politics. Let me share some of the things he said at a leadership meeting last week about all of this. Pastor Jack Hibbs. He said, the silent church is to blame for America being a post-Christian nation. He told a recent gathering of Christian leadership, he said, meetings like this are essential because the church has been marginalized and set aside in the United States. He said that now more than ever, the Christian faith needs to take a stand. And I'm saying, amen. I'm standing up while I say it. The church has been viewed as something irrelevant, he says. And listen, he said, let's be honest. Much of that accusation, uh, accusation against us is true. He said, somehow the church has gotten out of the lane of being salt and light that God has called us to be. Exactly. Hibbs noted that he is constantly labeled as a Christian nationalist. People are. Even I've been labeled as that. Wanting to create a theocracy in America as though I could create a theocracy. I don't want a theocracy in America. Muslims have theocracies. Hibbs noted that he's he's always tagged as something and most often a Christian nationalist. He said, I don't accept labels. I don't accept intimidation. I don't accept bullying, he said. Did God bring this nation into existence? To deny that is to deny God's work and to deny God's history. The nation of this country of ours is history. Do you want to be upset with me? I believe Jesus could come back tonight. He, he said, I'm quoting him. He said, I'm waiting for him to return. But if he doesn't return, I've got grandkids. And I've got to leave this nation in the right hands. He said, you might say, but pastor, that's political. Well, let's talk about that. Should pastors be in politics? Yes, especially if they're going to run for office. I know a lot of pastors that have run for office. Many of them have been elected. God bless them. But let's remember, he says, let's remember something. God established his sacred institutions. Israel is one of them. The church is one of them. Marriage is one of them. The family, right? And listen to this. According to your Bible, God established the government. Did you know that? He didn't invent politics. That's what man invented. When man doesn't want God involved in government, he turns it around, throws God out, and makes it political. Given an example of someone he believes is an elected leader who is operating without God's guidance and direction, Hibbs mentions California governor because he's from California. California Governor Gavin Newsom, a Democrat who has been in office since 2019. And end of quote for a moment. I was quoting him. I'm not now. But I have I have observed what he is, was about to say, that under, under, under Newsom's leadership, we li- Marjorie and I lived there for a number of years, and uh, I, it has collapsed. I mean, not that it was ever you know, the shining city on a hill spiritually with Hollywood and all the other stuff. But man, it's gone downhill. I mean, culturally and socially, as well as spiritually. Oh, there's gigantic churches there and there's people gathering together and many Christians, but there's many people. But the leadership has taken that state as has happened in others. And you can walk right up the West Coast. You can see it in, in California and Oregon and Washington. I mean, you can see the marks and the scars on the culture because of what these people believe. 
So he talks about Gavin Newsom quite a bit. He said, California is under attack. He said, the freeways are falling apart. We've got fentanyl and homelessness everywhere. Well, pastor, you should come visit us up here in the Northwest. He probably has. He said, the state used to be one of the most iconic places on earth. It was. But it has been under a constant Democrat leadership of godlessness, hyper-driven on abortion. Throughout the 33 years that he's been in pastoral leadership at his church, he said he has received pushback and criticism about his preaching on the idea of the importance of God playing a role in politically charged topics. He said, what's the big deal? God is involved in everything because it's our life. He said, you can't talk about marriage because that's a political issue. Really? He said, I thought that was in my Bible. You can't talk about abortion because that's a political issue. Really? He said, I thought that was in my Bible. You can't talk about gender. Oh, that's a political issue. Really? I thought that was in my Bible. I'm quoting him. He said, everything that you do as a human being and as an American is based on Scripture. There's no place to set both aside. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Let's admit it. Our nation is a nation of sin, and we also are sinners. He said, that's how we qualify for salvation, for crying out loud, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And this nation used to preach the cross. Now you raise Jesus in the public square, and you better have a helmet on. Oh boy, that's true. But we'll wear the helmet. Why? He says, because we are a post-Christian nation, and we're starting to reap the detriment of that position. But how did we get here? He said, we got here. By being silent. He said, pastor of thousands, he said, all blame must be laid at the foot of the church. When the pulpit wavers, the congregation wavers. He said, when the, when the congregation wavers, when the pulpit wavers, the congregation wavers. When the congregation wavers, then the community wavers. He said, then evil fills the void. He said, then you wonder why in California there's a new majority that we have to deal with that constantly throws uh, throws us against our faith, our freedom of worship together. He said, then our government said all marijuana dispensaries are essential. Strip clubs are essential. All bars and liquor stores are essential. He was referring to uptown, to the state shutting down mandates and designations amid the heightened stages of COVID-19. Remember that? They were leaving strip clubs open, not only in California, but elsewhere, and saying, you know, but close your churches because you'll breathe on each other and don't sing. Remember that? Well, they were, they were telling us not to sing in church because you'll blow out more breath if you sing and you'll infect more people and the whole society will die and blah, blah, blah. But then he shuts down other places, he said, and curtails Home Depot and other things like that. He said he never answers answers about the church. He didn't mention the church. He said the church is not essential or it's a non-essential organization. And yet we as a nation, he said, we should be above all nations able to take on fear because the founding of this nation was not upon some great government idea. It was not upon some great political idea. He said, let's be honest. It was about the Pilgrim Fathers crafting that Mayflower Compact of only basically two paragraphs because they were seeking religious freedom so they could share the gospel with the whole world. 
That's been hidden. That's been denied. But it is true. That is the purpose of America. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.